Good day, everybody. Welcome in. It's the Bill Michaels Show. Welcome to the rest of the network. Joining us on this rainy Friday. It's kind of like a, I don't know. It's been really hot recently, Grant. It feels like a feels like a cozy rain. Is it raining out in Lacrosse? Yeah, it was pouring rain this morning. It woke me up, um, but I didn't have to walk to work in the rain, so I'm not going to complain. Hmm. I kind of like it, honestly. It was a good mood for today. I didn't. I'm also inside all day. Obviously, yeah. I was working a lot with the show at night last night as well. So being inside all day, I like it when it rains because I feel okay that you know I'm not out there frolicking out in the sun. That's what the weekend's for. Then we're gonna hit a weekend yeah. soon. So good Brewers win last night. Extra innings. Great Council shifts the lineup a lot. Burns pitches well. They get a hit in the tenth. Williams shuts the door. Tiger Woods plays his likely final competitive round at St. Andrews. A big ovation on 18. Emotional, a little bit for myself, a lot for him. There were a little bit of tears going down. Let's get to the phones because we're talking about the greatest farewells in sports history. And Dave from Middleton had an idea he told me during break. Dave, how are you today? Real good, guys. And I just want to say thank you for an eminently enjoyable week of... uh information and uh kidding around and uh you did a hell of a job both of you thank you dave i appreciate that thank you yeah um interestingly enough um when you started talking about uh, the greatest retirements of all time and you're talking about wanting to get a little history I would suggest that uh, Lou Gehrig's farewell with the New York Yankees is probably the best sports, if not one of the best of any uh, societal genre that you could ever see. I mean, you guys are both baseball guys. I followed somewhat, but don't proclaim to be an expert. But uh, his humility and his recognition of the kind of life that he was able to lead before he was tragically struck down at such a young age. It was just incredible. Uh, there, there's nothing like it that I can think of that uh, even comes close. Yeah. Appreciate the phone call, Dave. I pulled up the speech. I'm going to play it here in a second. I mean, sitting here today, one of the sad parts of that obviously is ALS is still something that strikes our society. It's not something we have been able to yeah. combat. But when we talk about in the sporting world, the best farewells and speeches, this one had different contexts to it, but I, I can agree. I'd probably put it up there. If any will challenge it, I, I would like to hear what they are. It's tough to, tough to top it. For the past two weeks, you've been reading about a bad break. Today, I consider myself the luckiest man on the face of the earth. that I might have been given a bad break, but I've got an awful lot to live for. Thanks. That's the speech, Lou Gehrig. Uh, yeah, probably the most well-known and famous 83 years a couple weeks ago. Um, so different, obviously, context to the Tiger thing today, but definitely I would put it at number one, most likely in the most well-known, most infamous, greatest Farewells in sports. Yeah, that's something that transcends sports. 
Like most people have heard about that, even if they're not baseball fans or they've heard that speech just because it's historically so prominent. And you're right about that. It stinks that ALS, that's just going back and listening to that. If if you've ever known someone or had someone in your family that suffers with a debilitating disease like that, a degenerative disease, it is really sad. And there's a certain power that comes with an athlete putting on a face and making comments like that. Like sports have a way of, of, I don't know, having an impact that other parts of our life can't. Uh, and I'm, I'm not trying to like wax poetic about Lou Gehrig here, um, but those moments typically live for a long time because sports kind of helps them. I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. You know what I'm trying to say? Eh, There's more power behind it. A little bit. I was thinking about the fact that the echo in that speech is for some reason how I've remembered it also. Yeah. Whenever someone mentions Lou Gehrig, I think about how you hear the echo coming back. That has nothing to do with the content of it. That's just... I heard it in my headphones and I thought I was doing something wrong here with one of the buttons on my end. <laughs> oh no, that's just how it sounds. Okay, yeah. good. That's not my fault. Um, so other great, I mean, at least in my lifetime, other ones that stick out to me, part of this may be where my family is originally from, but David Ortiz, when he mm-hmm. just tore it up for that final season and they lose in the division series. Um, I mean, his career in Boston meant a lot more than just on the field. He brought them their first World Series in 86 years, brought them another one some years later, and then another one in 2013, obviously have the Boston Marathon bombing and what he was able to do after that. So Mm -hmm. that one definitely resonates a lot with the Kennys that live out in Boston, my family out there. Other ones that were brought to me, I don't remember the the Jerome Bettis one necessarily well. I remember that Super Bowl, but not that moment but they asked if the bus had reached its final stop. He said, yes, which is pretty legendary line. Yeah. There's one John Elway wasn't alive for that, but there's another one that has been floated out there. Barry Sanders as well. In more of a shocking way. I thought of Mariana Rivera as well. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's a Yankee thing. And cause they win so much. They have so many legends, right? Yeah. Like it's hard to go applaud guys that retire that are greats for a team. But when your team never wins anything, the legacy is definitely different. Yeah, I know what you mean. Uh, you mentioned a retirement that's big for the Kenny household, one that was big in the Bills household back in the day, uh, Phelps in 2016. I don't know if we've talked about this before. Michael Phelps what, is like one swimmer? of my three favorite athletes ever. Yeah, huh. yeah, yeah. So he retired, we thought, two years before that, and then he came back to swim Rio and his final event ever. He got silver in the butterfly, which stunk, but the four by one was the final event that he ever swam and the team won gold after they had lost it four years previous. So that was pretty cool. Um, that stuff's during the summer, right? Yes. Yep. Yeah. I've never watched the summer Olympics in my life. I'm not a big Olympics guy, but I like swimming. Um, and the United States has just had some awesome figures in swimming over the year. And all my friends who I did swimming with or who I lifeguarded with, like we would always watch and get into, especially Phelps. I loved Phelps. Um, who, who was yeah, that guy that, that stuck with me. who was that swimmer that pretended he got robbed? <laughs> Lochte. Is that the situation? Yeah, yeah, I think, was that in Rio? I think it was. He wasn't on that four by 100 team. At least I don't think so. I'll check. Not that anyone cares. Um, I pulled up a, a list of best sports retirements. Actually, it's called Memorable Farewells, and it's a Sports Illustrated article. Oh, I was going to say, if we're talking Bleacher Report, it's just going to be... <laughs> LeBron says yeah. goodbye to Cleveland the first time. LeBron yeah. says goodbye to Miami. LeBron says goodbye to Cleveland the second time. LeBron says goodbye to 
I don't know. LeBron, LeBron, you're, LeBron. Ugh. You're going to love this. Guess who's included on this list? It's Coach K, isn't it? No, this article is from 2014. Whoa. <laughs> Doug McDermott's final Creighton game was included what? on this list. I know. <laughs> what are we doing here? That's what I'm saying. Mid-major. It's, it's higher co- up than the Mariano Rivera one in this article. Like, it's near the top. Oh, God. Mid-major college basketball guys who scored a lot but didn't win anything. <laughs> What are we doing here? Should we just start crowning every MLB player on the Arizona Diamondbacks that makes an all-star game once? Yeah. A legend. He he made the all-star game because no one else could. McDermott finished his four years at Creighton with 31-50. Good for fifth on the all-time NCAA scoring list. As McDermott was walking off the floor, he says he wasn't thinking about the score. Quote, I was just thinking this would be my last time I'll be able to walk off the floor and give my dad a hug. I can't believe this is in here. Awesome. Like we joked about Brad Davison and they're different because Brad Davison didn't have the statistical career of Doug McDermott, but come on. Who meant more to their basketball programs? Doug McDermott or Brad Davison? Your call's next. 877-867-1670. On Kenny and Heilprin. <laughs> That's an old, uh, should, does Brad Davison have to come back and win a title as a coach to cement his legacy? Your call's would it, next. Would it, would it mean more for Brad Davison or Greg Gard? <laughs> Whose legacy would it help more? One, two, three, four, five, six, ESPN. Yeah, give us a call. Yeah. Oh my God. Uh, who else I, is on there, though, that matters? Um. Okay, so. Or who doesn't matter? I'm interested. Uh, Peyton Manning, Doug McDermott, Rivera, Ray Lewis. I mean, some of these are just really famous players that retired. Yeah. I don't think of them as memorable retirements. Jerry Sloan, um, Brett Favre which is funny because they mention all of the different retirements in here. So <laughs> collectively, I don't know that anyone has put more retirement content into the universe than Brett Favre. Brady's on his on way. Here. Yeah. Brady. Did you see the story about Brady? It was yesterday. I don't remember. Where I saw it. And the scoop was he would have preferred to unretire in July, but the way the off season was going, like made it, I- I'm going to find it. It was so bizarre. Huh. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find Interesting. it. Interesting. Well, let's do this while you're doing that. 877-867-1670. Let's go to line one. You're in the Bill Michaels show. Who do we got? Hello. No dice. Call back. Try again. Wow. 877-867-1670. Or get off speakerphone. That's kind of the old. I, it never changes, but the old try to go on sports radio with a speakerphone. It doesn't work that well. I. I used to listen to radio when I was little. Like, I'd take my little pocket radio on the bus and listen to the morning show or whatever. And they would have to tell callers, this is, uh, let's see, 15 years ago now, turn your radio down. How as a society have we not, like, why why do we still not turn our radio down when we call a sports radio station? Yeah, or the old call in on Bluetooth in the phone on the car speaker. Uh, it doesn't work uh, very well. I have a caller. His name's Hector. He calls close to every day. And I swear... He drives for FedEx, I think. I, I think he sticks his head out the window when he calls me. <laughs> I, I don't understand how he makes so much background noise. Well, it's that's not- like Eric on I-90 has to prove to you he's driving on that road. Maybe he has to prove to you he's outside driving, doing something. I don't know. It's a part of his identity as a caller that he is on I-90. I see. So I get that a little. 877-867-1670. You want to chime in the most memorable farewells in sports with Tiger Woods' final round at St. Andrews. Uh, again, the the leaderboard right now, Rory McIlroy making a bit of a push. He has a birdie putt to get him to eight under, trying to reach 
the leader, Cam Smith, who is at 11. 877-867-1670. I think they're back, Grant. Welcome to the Bill Michaels Show. Who do we got? This is the aforementioned Hector. Oh, hey, in what Alaska. Do it. Oh, fuck. I'm at sleep stop, and I have the phone right up to my face, so you should not hear anything. I got you. Perfect. What's on your mind, Hector? Um, a more recent one for me, um, Kobe Bryant. He was a big part of my life. I didn't. I was born and raised out in L.A. as a Clippers fan because uh, Lakers fans suck. Um, but I was that. a big fan of uh, of Kobe being Bryant. Um, my kids were also big fans of him. I have three daughters, and they would watch. Uh, we would watch uh, Kobe clips um, all the time, and so his his retirement hit me big as well as you mentioned it. Ray Lewis as a Ravens fan, so that was it. Um, I was thinking about calling, and I wasn't, and then Grant name dropped me, so my nose started to. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I think the noise performance was A1. I'd call it a 10 yeah. out of 10. You sound Perfect. Great. I'll save all the background noise for Grant's show later. Yeah, please do, because he runs a tight what ship over there. All right, what Hector, is it with appreciate callers it. Call again. Who just tighten up their game when they call other shows? They call me. It's like, whatever. It's just Grant's Calling show. this show is like going to the principal's office in a way. That is true. You know, you got to have Bill your Michael show's a big deal. Got to have your stuff together. We run a tight ship overall, sometimes. I will never silence anybody, but the the trigger is quick. Uh, 877-867-1670. You want to call in? Do it. Test the limits. We'll see what happens. Line one. <laughs> Welcome to the Bill Michaels Show. Who do we got? This is Derek. Derek, what's on your mind, man? Hey, I was just uh, thinking about the Phillies. I hear something today about they're the first professional sports team that reached 10,000 losses. Did I say that? I that is definitely. No, that wasn't on your show. I heard it on a show earlier today. I was just seeing if you want to confirm that. Oh yes, that is true. They are the most losingest sports franchise of all time because they've been around in baseball for so long. They have also been horrific for a long time. And baseball, yeah, I, you lose more games than other sports. So that is yeah, true. Ten thousand losses. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. Oh, wow. He only had to call in to confirm that fact. I can't well, tell if that was... Pitching. That's the problem. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to deal with Dave today. Derek just called in only to drop that fact. I don't know if that was a joke or if he actually wanted confirmation. It felt like a joke, but it's kind of worn on the sleeve. Like There are a lot of things that can get under my skin more so than how many games the Phillies lost in the 1910s. Yeah, I mean, it's almost a badge of honor. You've been around yeah. for that long, and you've been, I mean, you have history on your side. Who cares you lose a lot of games? That just means you've been a franchise forever. A lot of history there. Better better reaction is hatred than no reaction. The worst reaction is no reaction. That's what I was going for. Yeah. So I would rather be the worst franchise ever than the most average one ever. Before we take a break, can I ask you a golf question really quickly? Because I'm going to forget. Sure. Do you use a rangefinder when you golf? I just saw a commercial for a Nike golf rangefinder, and I'm curious. I myself do not because I'm not good enough. People okay. use rangefinders when they can consistently hit the ball at least close to a certain yardage. There are really cool free apps on my phone or on your phone you could download that you can keep your score. It also uses GPS, so it gives you the ballpark of how far you are. That's what I use because I'm not good enough to be able to say, oh, it's 156 uphill three feet into a four mile an hour wind 
Let me hit a, yeah. a choked up seventh that'll land at 161. I'm not good enough to do that. I hope to get there. But no, I use an app. Honestly, I like to do it based off feel. I like to not know, but be able to see. Yeah. So then I can kind of figure out ways to hit shots certain distances just for the eye test. Big eye test guy. Not, yeah, not to derail the show. I just saw that commercial and I was curious. Um, I also found this Tom Brady quote about unretiring. If at any point you want to hear it. Yeah, let's do that next. We're going to talk about that next. It's a Friday. There's no such thing as derailing on a Friday. We'll do that next. We'll also read Grant's tweets from when he was out last night. Uh, What is in store for that thing is I've only seen a couple of them. So even I don't know. We'll go on that journey next. It's Ben Kenny and Grant Bills in for Bill Michaels. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket. This is the Bill Michaels show on the Wisconsin sports zone radio network. Welcome back in. It is the Bill Michaels Show. Fun Friday here. 877-867-1670. Thoughts on the Brewers? Chime in. Good win last night. Thoughts on Tiger? Farewell to St. Andrews, or at least what felt like it. Uh, I mean, semi-breaking news, though. It's golf, so they're just playing. But breaking in that sense, Cam Smith, a 60-footer for Eagle to get to 13-under lead by three. Uh, He is the only one in the field that will find a way to wear four different shades of pink over the course of a tournament, which is uh, impressive, surprising, but I mean, man, he looks good tearing up the course. So he leads Rory's a couple back. We'll update that as the day goes on before you get to the Brady farewell quote, which I'm sure will be an eye roller breaking news. uh, Front office sports is tweeted out. I pay for ESPN plus grant to you. Uh, I do. Yes. It is one of those things I succumb to over time. I need the 30 for 30s. I need PGA Tour Live. I need everything that comes with it. Breaking news. ESPN Plus will be raising its subscription price from $6.99 per month to $9.99 per month. That 43% price hike will take effect August 23rd, 2022. My... Only comment on this is, I mean, number one, that sucks. Number two, you see all these big TV deals that everyone's signing, all this ESPN, SEC, Big Ten craziness. Guess who ends up paying for that? It's you. Don't think this money is just magically being glistened from all of the uh, erectile dysfunction ads and car companies and all that stuff. No, you pay for this. So... Take that all with a grain of salt. Like at the end of the day, who is hurt by all of this craziness? Oftentimes the consumer is. I'm really interested and excited to see the numbers that are thrown around. If Sunday ticket does end up going to a streaming service and if it leaves direct TV, like it's been reported, it looks like, like it will. Yeah. What are they going to have to fork over to get the rights to that? That's going to be nuts. Yeah. You know, I'm kind of done with Sunday ticket. If I'm being honest, Give me red zone instead. I'd rather have red zone. Red zone is nice, but also I've kind of reached the point where I don't need that crazy fast paced stuff. I like picking one to two games a day. I kind of like watching the Fox early game and the CBS late game and catch up with the stats and the highlights on Twitter. 
But yeah. I like I like getting in the flow of games. And red zone definitely throws you off that. And it's good for, you know, what it is. But I've reached the point where I find myself being distracted from what goes on just by watching sure. touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. Like you can find highlights of that. I really love getting in the flow of the game. Interesting. I love that. I love this. I love that this, that you're this, uh, excuse me, I'm tripping over my words. I love that you're this guy because I'm kind of the same way. I like having one TV for the game that's on locally. So whatever game is on Fox and then I can do the halftime show and the pre and the post. And then I like the secondary TV to be muted on red zone. Just so I kind of have, it's like a ticker almost like, like almost having a ticker at the bottom of the screen kind of yeah. looping me into things. So I don't only like watching red zone. I couldn't do that. I know there are people that only watch red zone. I don't like that. I need to be within the flow of a game. I normally pick they're the best game or the game that's on. Um, just whatever Fox is giving me locally in lacrosse or out of the Eau Claire station or whatever. But yeah. I couldn't just do red zone. That wouldn't feel right. Well, that's why I love college football because it's there aren't as many good games. NFL, as Colin Cowherd said, has the they have the package to present to the viewers of terrific games all day long every single weekend. Yeah. There's probably one game a weekend where you would think I don't I can't watch that like Jags Titans or Jags Texans aside from that every game has intrigue college football does not have that as much yet what's beautiful about it is there's almost always a great game in the morning a great game in the afternoon one great game at night so then you just go through it that way are you less of a flow guy in college football because I feel like the flow is slower you're settling into a game for four hours compared to the NFL it's little bit faster the game goes a little bit quicker yeah so do you like to settle into whole college football games too or do you bounce around more on saturdays uh college football actually the nfl i go one tv and just watch whatever i choose college football i go two tvs always i need the fox game i need the cbs game or the espn game and then i watch all of them it's whatever big 10 stuff is happening first and then whatever uh, other big time matchup is happening second and just watch it through i need gus johnson it's it's honestly yeah. an announcer thing. I need Gus Johnson's voice. I need Vern Lundquist's voice. I need to hear those broadcasts. You need to be a part of that. Yeah. I think the smartest thing Fox has done in a long time is put their best game at noon, like their big noon kickoff. <laughs> I think that's I think that's so smart. You can put Ohio State Michigan on right away. It can be the first thing that we watch, and then we can settle into the SEC or whatever Pac-12 game is on that we want to watch. When the Pac-12 was once a thing. Remember when the Pac-12 was a thing? Yeah, we can settle into... Wisconsin, Minnesota, which did not go very well last year. Uh, You have the Brady quote, Grant. I do. So he did a long sit-down interview with Variety. So there's a lot of this. Maybe I'll read the rest. What are we doing here, Tom? um, Here's the quote. I would have preferred to unretire in July if I wanted to play, but I couldn't. Uh, if I said I'm not playing, they'd make plans. So I felt there was a lot of pressure to make a decision quickly. And then ultimately, I just decided, yes, let's do it. And once I said that, I was, okay, here we go. He's all in. It's that first part that confused me. I would have preferred to unretire in July. What do you, what's the difference between being unretired and just in the offseason? You're going to play anyways. To be completely honest, if this happened on a Monday, I would get more into Tom Brady and say, well, why are you doing this? Given that it's Friday at 1130, I'm going to look at this in a very level-headed and chill way. Why does this interview happen? And why did like why do you have to say that? 
What are we doing here? You retired, you unretired, normal people would just not retire at all and go into the season and not be faced with all this added stress. It's like the damn Coach K thing. I can't believe my team was so distracted. Well, Coach K, I wonder where the distraction came from. Oh, wait, it's your retirement tour. Brady's like, yeah, you know, I wish I wasn't pressured into returning early. I wonder why you were pressured, Tom, because you're retired. That comes with the territory. We don't talk about the Miami thing that almost happened nearly enough. Oh, that got we, buried. We How did we bury that? That story was nuts. How, we just we were like, oh, that's kind of funny. And then we never talked about it again. To be honest, I think so much was going on with all the crazy trades and rumors that I didn't have enough brain capacity to truly think about what that would have looked like. It's just such a big story. Like he was going to try to pull a coup, essentially. He's going to become an owner like backdoor his way into being the quarterback and then poach Sean Payton, who ended up going to work in TV. And it only fell apart because Brian Flores sued the NFL. It's not like they thought better of it or someone intervened. The only reason they couldn't do it is because the NFL got sued. Yeah, that's nuts. It's crazy. But that I think that was overshadowed. That was the Devante Tyreek timeline or the Brian Flores timeline when everyone else is getting sued. I don't know. So much has gone on. Yeah, so much has gone on. It's going to be one of those seasons where you turn on the TV in week one and so much is different. You're like, oh, Matt Ryan's a Colt. I forgot about that. Where did that come from? That'll happen at least six to seven times every day for the first week of the year. The lead is Tom Brady's game plan. The legend on why he won't set a retirement date, making moves and his 375 million Fox sports deal. Oh, this was the interview where he said he is stressed out because how rich he is. Uh, oh, I saw that quote too. That's in, I need to read this whole thing today. We should, I'm going to do a half hour on it tonight on the Wisco sports show. God, we're going to break down the words of Tom Brady and I don't even have the audio. Here so it I'm is. Gonna get my, uh, my Here outside is. reading voice going. Tom Brady says my wealth is the hardest thing about parenting. Dude, what? Um, man. Must be tough. That's all I can say. Must be tough. I'm glad he's not stressed about his Super Bowl rings. I'm glad he has a, a stress larger than that. As long as we're talking about stressors that are absolutely ridiculous. Well, Rogers is rich and he doesn't have to parent. Rogers is sneaky, really rich. Yeah. Rogers has made a lot of smart investments. That dude, you know, we can knock Rogers for a lot of things. The way he handles his money is not one. True. 877-867-1670. I said I'd do this this segment. Here we go. Grant Bills, last night, out to watch the Brewers game. I obviously saw the tweets because I was perusing Twitter up to a certain point before I ended up going to sleep. Uh, This is when I knew it began, Grant. You tweeted out at 9.08 p.m. Let's all drink as many beers as possible tonight to try to encourage the Brewers' offense. Hey, don't say that I don't offer solutions. Yes. I might complain about the Brewers offense on my show, but I'm offering real world solutions. I then check in exactly 47 minutes later at 9.55 p.m. when someone responds, I'm going with screwdrivers. And you said, I'm drinking rum and Cokes. So I see it took a turn for the drunker. Well, they needed more help. The beers weren't working. <laughs> <laughs> so I, again, they I weren't think what I did was very practical. They couldn't, they couldn't score. score. And then... The, the Craig tweet was spot on. Craig needs a few days off. He's looking way too stressed. You then replied to another Twitter account that talked about the Brewers and carrying two catchers. 
talking about they would go on a hunger strike until that point. You said not stopping drinking until then. That was at 1138 hours later. A liquor strike is what it would would be. Um, Look, I watched watched till the end last night, and I stayed up late, and Devin Williams closed it out, and I thought, oh, really fun game. And I don't think I really considered until this morning how upset I would have been in the moment (laughs) last night had the Brewers lost. Like the the other reality and how my night would have gone if the game just would have, you know, ended differently is nuts. And I don't think I really considered that till this morning. That's kind of like taking a girl you really want to go out with on a really nice date, the first date Mm -hmm. to a really nice restaurant. And then it just completely duds, but you still pay for dinner. Yeah. So then at the end, you're like, why did I do this? I I have gained nothing. Yeah. Staying up until 1 a.m. just to watch the Brewers fail to score with runners in scoring position. I don't need to stay up late to see that. I've been watching that since April. (laughs) I'll get my sleep tonight. Thank you very much. As Jack Nicholson said famously in The Departed, what's the difference? (laughs) There is none. Love that movie. All right. 877-867-1670. More coming up when we come back. We'll keep talking great farewells and sports. If you so choose, call in. Give us your thoughts on that. Thoughts on the Brewers game. Also, coming up next, the Packers' best offseason move. What was it? Was it on the field? Was it off the field? What was the best thing they did this offseason to bolster the team? We're talking about it next. It's Ben Kenny Grant Bills in for Bill Michaels. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back in. It is a Friday. It is the Bill Michaels Show. I'm Ben Kenny. He is Grant Bills. He's on Twitter at Wisco Grant. You can also hear him from four to six on much of this same network, the Wisco Sports Show. I'm at Ben Z Kenny. Uh, the podcast for my show, Kenny and Heilprin, is up last night talking whether Wisconsin has the best backfield in America. Players we would like to add to that Wisconsin team. If we could just pick somebody across the country from a roster, take him away, put it on Wisconsin. What would we have done? That podcast is up. Just search Kenny and Heilprin. 877-867-1670. What was the Packers' best offseason move? What move did they make uh, that will prove to be the thing that leads to the most success? There are a lot of good options here. This was not a cookie-cutter offseason of here are a couple draft picks. Here's a free agent or two. Here might be a new coach, and then you go. No, they hired Rich Bisaccia after letting go of Mo Drayton. That could be an option there. Does his presence off the field do enough to make the difference come playoff time and on the special teams unit in general? There was obviously the Devontae Adams trade. Whether you believe that Rodgers zoning in on him was a big downfall and his absence would then make Rodgers spread the ball around more and find success. And then because of that, you're able to draft both Devontae Wyatt and Quay Walker in the first round. So that could be an option there. The one I think I'm going to pick, Grant, and this could be going out on a limb, Matt Schneiderman at The Athletic also had this take when they all went around the league and talked about the best offseason moves. How about signing Sammy Watkins? Maybe this is me trying to talk myself into something happening. 
But from what I've heard, from what I have thought since the signing happened, I think it will prove to be the move that helps the offense the most. That's a guy that has a chance to be their best wide receiver if he's healthy. And it's someone that, I mean, there isn't much experience there and the experience they have in Randall Cobb is old. So he is kind of bridges that middle gap. I think it could easily end up being Sammy Watkins. So my votes would go if I had to pick overall. And you could also throw in like the signing of Jerron Reed there or some other things they did. But yeah. I would say the Rich Passaccia thing, number one, but more so because of how horrid it was last year and how different I think it will be this year. But if we're talking roster on the field wise, I'd probably go Watkins. So I'm not against the idea that Watkins could be their best wide receiver this year. I've just seen this maneuver from the Packers a couple of times in the last 10 years. We had it with Devin Funchess. We're like, hey, we got this cheap veteran going to like revitalize his career here and be a great, you know, wily vet option for Rodgers. And the idea is good. It just hasn't seemed to work for the Packers. doesn't mean this won't. Um, I'm a little skeptical of Watkins, but I'm hopeful. I think I, I like Devontae Wyatt. I think that would be my pick. I think he is exactly what a lot of Packers fans have been begging for for years. And because they took Quay Walker, which is a surprise, and because they got their wide receiver in the second round and they traded up to get him and it's Christian Watson, we kind of lost wide in the shuffle. We've wanted a running mate for Kenny Clark. And we got it. And that kind of slid under the radar, I think, for a lot of Packers fans. So I think I'd say Wyatt, although I totally get where you're coming from with Sammy Watkins as well. Well, you saying Wyatt kind of goes into the original move. You would say trading Devontae. Yeah, that's the move that led to the move. Yeah, for sure. I'm going to group them together for the purposes of this exercise because I like that. there's obviously the subtraction of the best wide receiver in football, but then there is the addition of a big piece to the defense that could be the best defense in football. The Reed signing is pretty sneaky nice too. Very they sneaky. Actually, it's sneaky. And again, we don't talk about it because we're talking about all these other guys. But they added a top-tier blue-chip prospect. Again, we were talking about a blue-chip ratio the other day. Devontae White is one of those guys where there seems to be the national champion, pick a side of the ball, that's where all the elite players are. So the Packers got him, Quay Walker as well, the wide receiver discussion, and lost in the shuffle. They added a nice veteran defensive lineman piece too, and that's been a weakness of theirs. So now they have prime Kenny Clark with Wyatt and Reed. And now Dean Lowry is a rotational guy, backup guy who plays limited snaps. We got everything we've wanted for a long time on the defensive line. And because of some of these other stories, we've kind of missed out on that. Haven't talked about it. You mentioned blue chip ratio. He also was literally a four-star recruit. So he does fit into that whole nice. equation. But yeah, I mean, I'll talk about the Badgers for a second here, but also it has to do with the Packers. Last year first, when the Packers struggled a bit down the stretch, the Browns ran a lot on them. Nick Chubb had a lot of success. The Ravens were able to run a bit on them. They were a bit susceptible on the ground as time went on. And Kenny Clark is terrific, but they have bolstered that defensive line maybe even too much. And you can't really have too many good defensive linemen. But now when you're that staunch up front, and it's a quarterback's league, it's a passing league, but that then helps out all the cornerbacks. It helps out all the safeties. It helps out the rest of the team. So I'm with you there. The way I see Sammy Watkins, and maybe this is I'm trying to talk myself into it, but 
you hear Devondre Campbell talk about what the change of setting did for him and what coming to Green Bay and the culture there did for him in terms of playing that one position, the mic that sets his game well, being able mm-hmm. to be a leader and really just excel at what he does instead of try to fit a square peg in a round hole. I think Sammy Watkins could be very similar here where you're talking about a guy that, uh, yeah, he's bounced around and he's been in good organizations. He was at Kansas City for a couple of years. I mean, he started in Buffalo. That's a good org, but generally has not been able to stick. And part of that, he hasn't been healthy and the production hasn't necessarily been there. But also the breath of fresh air, I'm sure, from his perspective, coming to Green Bay and the expectations aren't that high. It's not like he has a name where if Odell comes in and he's healthy, yeah. we expect Odell or to... Julio. Or Julio even, yes, where we expect both of them to be their old selves and excel from day one. It's kind of, if Watkins turns into a stud, that's a crazy added bonus. So I think he'll be free in that regard, and I can kind of look at the Devondre thing similarly in that regard. I like all of their additions are set up in a way where these guys aren't going to be asked to do too much, right? Like Quay Walker isn't going to be asked to do too much. Because they have Rashawn Gary, Preston Smith edge rushing, Devondre Campbell next to him. You like the safeties, like the corners, right? I like that they brought back Rasul Douglas, which doesn't put too much weight on Jair or on Eric Stokes, who's going to be in his second year. And then, yeah, they brought in Watkins, but they also drafted Dubs and Watson. And I even like Toure, big Nebraska guy from last year, maybe the the best bad team of all time, right? So you're plucking talent off of that uh that roster too. All of their additions are going to play a very specific role and they're not going to be spread too thin. And I love that. Yeah. Samari Toure can play. I was impressed with him in Nebraska. He had a lot of success against Wisconsin when they played part of that does craft. My opinions on guys is if you can go off against the Wisconsin defense, then you're pretty damn set to go off in the future where like David Bell from Purdue got housed. And that's why I'm not in on Purdue this season as much Because when Aiden O'Connell went up against that Wisconsin front, he got eaten alive. So Mm -hmm. I don't know. He goes off against Tennessee, whatever. He has great games against bad defenses. Until I can see you go tear up Wisconsin, I don't know how in I am on you performing. But Duray was able to do it. Played really well. I don't know what other options there are. Do you want to just spitball with... So we mentioned Basaccia. I think that's the biggest, but it's off the field. So I guess I'd differentiate it from the others. You have Jerron Reed. You have the Devontae trade and all the aftermath of drafting. You have Sammy Watkins. You have Pat O'Donnell. Now, he'll bring (laughs) stability. He'll be able to hold the football. He isn't the best punter ever, but he could do it in cold weather. I think we'll look at him as fine. Like, good enough that we don't end up using him as the scapegoat at the end of the season if it goes wrong. But I don't think he's blowing anybody away. I don't know how many other significant additions there were. The rest is guys who were hurt last year. They're going to come back, but that wasn't a move by Goody. Well, I mean, Rogers, it wasn't a foregone conclusion that he was going to be back. I guess I yeah. mean, I, he was always going to be back. I thought, but that's kind of a technicality. I don't know if we can pick Rogers. I mean, I really like the Packers draft. I like that. They grabbed a couple of linemen too. They just feed that position. They just keep adding depth. And that's a really good way to make sure that you're, never running out or you never have a deficiency at a really important position, especially around your high price quarterback. Yeah. I think we've talked about all the additions. Quay Walker isn't a guy that Packers fans are talking about a ton. 
You know what I mean? We're talking about the wide receivers. I brought up Wyatt before we bought Walker. Um, I think he's just going to be kind of a fun wild card that they can move around and do a lot of different things with. And I like, I like that they have kind of that Swiss army knife to move around and, and play with. I'm with you. Eight, seven, seven, eight, six, seven, 1670. What do you think the Packers best off season move was? We will talk about that more as we go on throughout the show today. When we come back, Tiger Woods has put out some sort of a statement. I will read it. There's also a fun fact about the open that I saw on the telecast that I will mention has nothing to do with much, but that is what it is. Also, last thing on the Packers before we get deeper into the roster and all that good stuff. John Runyon, you mentioned the offensive line bolstering that position. John Runyon, uh, starting left guard for this team. You know, Grant, I've been saying for like a year, two years, we need more Philly guys in Green Bay. I, I think the more Philly guys you have that can perform, the better. John yeah. Runyon, good example of that. One would say Bill Michaels show, another above average example of that. I would say the city yeah. is looked down upon a little bit less since my emergence, if you will. But yeah, that is what it is. All right. 877-867-1670. We'll be back after this. More Packers, more talk on the open. Great farewells in sports. The Brewers, Wisconsin Badgers, everything. It's a fun Friday. It's the Bill Michaels show. This is the Bill Michaels show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back. Bill Michaels show on this Friday. Ben Kenny Grant Bills here with you. Best Packers edition of the offseason. We laid out what we would say. We'll talk about it more coming up. Also, after the break here at the top of the hour, if you could add any players around the NFL to this Packers roster, who would they be? It's a fun topic. Zach Heilprin came up with it for our Wisconsin-based show last night. Kenny and Heilprin, the podcast is out. Talked about guys around the country. For the Packers, it's interesting. Not a lot of holes on the roster, but where would that upgrade be? And who would the players be? There are some old friends. Maybe that would fit. There are some guys that Packer fans I know loved in the past. So we'll talk about that coming up. Tiger Woods did tweet out just recently picture of him crossing the Swilkin bridge at the open. He said, although I'm disappointed to be heading home, I had an incredible week at St. Andrews celebrating 150 years of history and the game we love. I want to thank this place for all of the memories it has given me and to the fans today for having that walk of 18 be added to that list. The fun fact, Grant, uh, no player named Cameron has ever won a major in golf. Really? There you go. So, will you look at the leaderboard? Cam Smith, 13 under, leading. Cam Young, 11 under, second place. Well, now we're cheering for history. Oh, it's a damn good week to be a Cameron. <laughs> yeah. All right. 877-867-1670. We'll take your calls next on the Packers in their offseason. What was the best move? Who would you add to this team? It's Ben Kenny and Grant Bills in for Bill Michaels. The Bill Michaels Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.